to episode 263 of the Spokesman Cycling Podcast. This episode was engineered on Wednesday, 30th December 2020. The Spokesman Cycling Roundtable Podcast is brought to you by Jensen USA, where you'll always find a great selection of products at amazing prices with unparalleled customer service. For more information, just go to jensenusa.com slash the spokesman. Hey everybody, it's David from the Fredcast Cycling Podcast at www.thefredcast.com. I'm one of the hosts and producers of the Spokesman Cycling Roundtable Podcast. For show notes, links, and all sorts of other information, please visit our website at www.the-spokesmen.com. And now, here are the spokesmen. It's nearly over. 2020. The first few months of 2021 still look grim, but with the vaccines being rolled out, my doctor wife has already had her first COVID jab, we could soon all get back to normal. I'm Carlton Reed, welcoming you to the last episode of the year. As regular listeners will know, the Spokesman Cycling Podcast is a US Stroke UK co-production with my co-host David Bernstein joining in from Utah. And for the final show of 2020, my guests are another US Stroke UK co-production. Crispian Poon is English and Liz Yu is American. They joined forces to create Palation. No, not Peloton. We get on to the naming thing in the show itself. Palation is a UK government-backed startup that is to soon produce for real the Rebo Smart Bike Light and Dashcam Video Combo. It looks like a Pixar character and has been trialled successfully by a British courier company. I met the pair at an expo in London just before the first lockdown in March and wanted to get them on the show as soon as they had something concrete to talk about, and that's what they've been doing during lockdown. Making concrete. Well, that time is now. Listen, Crispin, you've now got to refresh my memory, because I met you at a MOVE uh, conference exhibition uh, at the Excel Centre in London. When was that? When did we meet? Mm -hmm. I think that was earlier this year in February um, at the move 2020. So that's basically 12 years ago. Then, yeah. <laughs> what now appears to be back in, back <laughs> yeah. in normal time. <laughs> when we could actually uh, physically meet in, in, in person, which was a, it's a fond memory. <laughs> uh, so you had, at that point, you had a, well, you had a product in prototype you now it's still in prototype, but you, you, you're sending it out, but uh, with with uh, with couriers in Oxford and stuff. But tell me exactly what product you've got. So, what is the Rebo? Am I pronouncing it right? First of all, yes, that's correct. Okay, so I don't know how you're going to work this out, Liz and Christian. Who's who's going to be talking me through first? Um, I think I can give it a quick intro. Um, so the Rebo is what we've been working on, and we, as in Palation, Crispian and I, and our team. Um, we're a cycle technology company and we're, you know, our goal is all about getting people from point A to B seamlessly on a bike in cities. At the moment, there's a big safety barrier. So Rebo is a smart bike light and dash cam, and we've designed it to reduce the near misses and record incidents to increase availability of um, kind of the cycling data 
in uh, in the industry. Um, so there's a couple parts to it. First of all, I think we like to talk about um, we try to design it with a preventative design, and we can talk more about this later. But um, we use kind of a unique design that tackles behavior psychology, so people move safer around cyclists. Um, second of all, this dash cam comes with a handlebar bookmark. So there's a button on your handlebar. So anytime any cyclist runs into any incidents, whether it's an infrastructure issue or something on the streets um, that's unsafe uh, or you know potentially a near miss, um, they can click this handlebar bookmark. And what it does is it captures any details at that point of the ride. So the video footage, the location, plate numbers, and more. So you just have to keep writing and you can review this information seamlessly later. Um, what happens is when you get get home, this uploads through cloud, so you don't need to touch your device. You don't need to mess around with SD cards and you have a dashboard to view everything that's happened and you can submit it to authorities if it's something serious or you can simply um, just have the recording to share and what happens, yeah. And so that, that collects in our database. So we have a database of all the most dangerous areas that cyclists um, feel uh, that there is in the city. And we use this information um, to contribute directly into data and insights of the infrastructure changes. So it is a cute looking product and you, you touched on why it's a cute looking, mm-hmm. uh, looking product a second ago. We can talk about why it's a, a, a a cute looking uh, product uh, later on. But first of all, I'd like to find out about you two and where you've come from and your background and and I guess why you're doing this. So first of all, as we haven't heard much from Crispian, so let's, Crispian, you you, you go first. Where have you come from um, and and, and why Rebo and why Palatium? Yeah, so um, I've been an electrical engineer uh, in most of my career um, the first company and the last company I worked for was building electric vehicles. Uh, so as in the electromobility space, uh, building hydroelectric uh, taxis. Uh, we we're actually uh, running trials in London for over two years uh, for a project called MetroCab. Um, um, basically, we're trying to make cities cleaner, safer, uh, using electrified technologies. But um I saw a lot of problems when we were out trialing. Um, there was still congestion. People were still stuck in vehicles. Um, we weren't moving people very efficiently. There were only a couple of people uh, in taxis at a time. Um, and I've always had an interest in bikes. Um, so when I finished uh, there and went to Imperial to do our MBA together uh, with Liz and I, um, we started looking at the sustainability space and mobility. Um, we both cycled. Uh, we both saw that there was a problem in the cycle space and wanted to do something about it. So we went on lots of design research, talked to hundreds and hundreds of uh, cyclists. And the main problem that came up with was uh, cycling near misses. You know, lots of people uh, we talked to talk about their stories about how they you know, ran into uh, cars on turnings or um, or having close calls with uh, cars passing too close. Uh, and we just saw there was nothing on the market that could solve the problem. So we came together, um, put our heads together and started working on Rebo uh, to really find a solution to near misses, which weren't being tackled uh, either by the authorities or uh, just by you know the, the authorities in, uh, in general in terms of like enforcement. So when we met in February at the XL 
center uh how long had you been working on the project already by then and how how, how fresh was the product basically yeah uh, well we're actually on a uh, a dft funded grant project uh, called tbrick uh, so it's actually run over f- uh, between december um to the latter part of this year um, it was a feasibility project to build a prototype out to see what kind of NMS technology, NMS prevention technology we can build out. Um, and the, the first part of that prototyping stage was where we met uh, met you at Move 2020. Uh, we got a very rough and ready prototype out to meet customers and get some initial feedback. Um, uh, and that was really successful because then we went on to develop our second iteration of the product, which we went on to deploy with uh, our careers in Oxford. So that was let, you, you mentioned T-Trick there. So let me just uh, that's Transport Technology Innovation Grant. Transport Technology Research Innovation Grant. In, right. Okay. <laughs> right. And that was January and that would have ran out a couple of months ago then. Uh so that kicked off in January, but um because of all the delays with COVID, um it's mm-hmm. it's actually gone on till around um end of September. We, we had lots of uh, issues, you know, we couldn't, we're a hardware company and we build physical products um, and we need physical parts. So we were very dependent upon the supply chain. Um, so we worked around a lot of the problems actually uh, with the supply chains uh, from overseas and actually insourced a lot of the development in-house. But uh, inevitably there was delays because we had to switch around our entire operation. Um, but we still got there in the end. Okay, and now Liz, we need to find out where you're from, and 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 not just um, where you've come from in this space, but I guess geographically where you're from. So where's where's your accent from, Liz? Um, yeah, so I am from California, um, but I've grown up, you know, all over, kind of all over the place in Taipei, back in California, and I've lived in Singapore for a few years, um, and I, I moved to London to to complete my MBA, and that's as Crispian said, where we met. Um, so my background actually is previously in um, hospitality industry, but doing business development and such. Um, so working for uh, hotel brands like Starwood Hotels and other luxury um, hotel groups. So quite uh, quite a change um, for me. And mm. uh, after my MBA, I've, um, I joined a startup, to an ad tech startup, to help lead and grow the startup before... And this was, you know, this was for us at first a bit of a side project. We started during um, kind of during the MBA. We started talking about it. We started working on it. And, um, yeah, it just turned into a full-time, full-time project for us, full-time, full-time gig. So let's describe it physically. I know that's very hard because we're, we're talking audio here. But there's, there's, a, there's a, a definite look to this thing. And it's... it's uh, it's kind of computery, futuristically, but with, with eyes. So it's 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 meant to have eyes. Yes, this 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 handlebar camera. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's a yeah, light. So, so it's, it's, it's the light for the eyes. Yeah. Yeah, and I think I think generally it's it's smaller than than what people imagine. It's about the size of your palm, maybe a bit smaller than that, um, and it fits at the front or back of your bike. Um, and yes, it's, a, it's got a fundamental eye design, which um, we, li- we like to include and we like to talk about because it's, 
it's what we believe can truly one of the one of the things we believe can truly make a difference like changing the behavior of people that are actually around the cyclist to make people feel safer and um be able to then choose cycling as kind of their first choice of transport so the way i'd kind of describe it is if pixar was to design <laughs> a bicycle light you know it would look a bit like this so it's a uh, it's you know your futuristic computery kind of face so tell me about the psychology of 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 why a face um yeah so uh this this is something called um the watching eye effect um so what it what it is is it uses eye design elements and there there have been lots of kind of reports about this it's a psychological effect of when there is some sort of image of an eye people tend to feel like they're being watched and so they either have a more positive behavior or um, safer or so previous examples and papers are such as um, littering like if there's a photo of an eye somewhere nearby people are a lot less likely to litter um, even if it's just a photo so we see this used in kind of the surveillance industry and the transport industry if you'll notice um, tfl has bus ads uh, and on the back of the bus ads there there's been a few versions that had uh, just an image of an eye um, saying something along the lines of watch your speed. Um, and si- similarly, in the surveillance industry, there's there's an eye in areas. But, I, I, you know, that one's a bit more self-explanatory. Mm. Um, but what it does is, it, yeah, subconsciously prompts uh, positive behavior. And then lots of cars, just with their headlights, they kind of look like faces. Yeah, yeah. So so I think the new the new autonomous vehicle that Jaguar Land Rover is testing uh, uses kind of the eye to communicate safety intentions and friendliness. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think whenever there's a um, product or imagery that that evokes more humanization uh people tend to respond better because that's part of their subconscious you know people uh seek out eyes people seek out gazes and that's why this effect is so effective is because you know people already know this uh since they're born they've been looking at people's eyes um means you know people can humanize cyclists better uh, is our hope um we have the product on the bike, but also seek them out easier um, because it's something so natural. Mm. So tell me about the the actual implementation of this this product. So you've given some of these um, units, the Rebo units, to a career firm in Oxford called Pedal and Post, yeah? Yeah, that's correct. So um, the, this eye element is just a small part of it. Um, the main, the main uh, kind of what we are focusing on right now. And, you know, the eye element, we're, we're doing different iterations. We're testing what's the most effective version. So what we're working on now is um, we, we ran a pilot with, yeah, as you mentioned, Pedal and Post in Oxford. And what we, do, we did is distribute these cameras to them. And their riders, you know, are riding more than an average commuter. They, they, deliver, they deliver items about, you know, eight hours a day, five days a week, rain or shine, probably seven days a week, actually. Um, yeah, and, and they bookmark any area that they feel. And, you know, these are riders that are trained and um, really, really know how to ride. You know, no beginners. They've, they've, been, they've gone through proper safety training. So they bookmark areas that they feel are unsafe um, or that they've had incidents in. 
and then we get this, um, we kind of get all this footage and it, it compiles into um, a bit of a heat map of the dangerous areas sorted by categories of what type of incident. And the, um, the rider themselves after the ride categorizes the incident as, you know, that was a close pass, that was a an obstruction. Is that what happens? How, how do they physically um, bookmark these things? Um, so so they, they bookmark the handlebar button. So the button that comes with the device, all they need to do is click it. Um, at the moment, we are with the rider's input, we're sorting these um, categories. So whether it's a close pass or it's a left hook from a car that's coming from ahead, um, it's usually quite apparent. So we're able to sort them into different categories. But with the rider's input, sometimes it's something that's a little bit more specific. Um, but yeah, with the eventuality of just uh, um, automating this whole process uh, is kind of our next project. Yeah. And, and um, then when you, could you, you're eventually, we'll talk about the commercialization of this, but eventually there'll be a map because on the, on your website here, uh, Palatian Co UK, where you've got the the description of uh, Oxford, I'm scrolling through it here now. So there's a there's a, a a map box map where you can click in and you can see the incident itself, and then you can actually see the video of the incident. So is that eventually how you would envisage uh, all these this data getting out there? In that every single eventual uh, owner of a Rebo. Uh, any incidents they have would get logged onto a, a dirty great big map where every incident can be clicked through. Uh, yeah, if, if they choose to, you know, if writers choose to share it. But for instance, you know, our next project is, or I, I keep calling them projects, but um, kind of what we have in the pipeline is um, with the government of Jersey. And they have a, a couple of these, uh, quite a few of these units running around uh, yeah, the island of Jersey and their writers will bookmark um, bookmark the dangerous areas and we send, you know, report to the government of Jersey um, of where these, uh, where, sorry, where these points are and, you know, they're able to go in and view the video and what they choose to then do with it is at the moment it's up to them, but there's many kind of, many kind of ways you can present this data other than just on this map. Yeah, and uh, the beauty of our system is that um, we've reduced so much of the friction in uh, allowing the user to submit these near misses reports. Um, at the moment, it's a very manual process. You have to uh, get the SD card, extract the footage, write, uh, find the the place where the incident is, and then uh, make a manual submission to the police uh, or whoever. Um, but we're automating all that. You press one button, you get 60 seconds of footage automatically uploaded to the cloud. Um, um, it gets put on the map. Um, and the infrastructure planners who we want to look at this data to you know, really fix the near misses at the core, they can take the videos um, and watch the videos themselves and see why these near misses are happening. I mean, that's an uh, unprecedented capability because uh, at the moment they use hearsay from you know people uh, who talk to counsellors or um, just raw data that doesn't really explain why near misses are happening. Um, this gives them a, a first-person view of why uh, incidents are happening and really generate uh, the correct corrective action that they need to take to fix these issues. Eventually, I mean, on the website it says 2000... And, or next year, in effect, or very shortly, uh, you're going to go out to Kickstarter with this product. So, how close are you to 
to realizing that? Um, I, I think I think right now we are focused on the plan is always to go down the Kickstarter route. Um, there's a big cycling market there. There's a big um, kind of support uh, and community there that we think will be very interested. Uh, it's, it's the people that would be very interested in our product. Um, the same people that have already, you know, signed up for our beta trials and um, to purchase a beta version of this product. But I think at the moment we, we want to make sure we are um, proving this to be useful because, you know, otherwise it's just another camera and dash cam. We want to make sure we have everything set out and kind of the path ready for this to be able to actually make a difference and the future of creating um, a cycle city in different areas. Do you, do you have a ballpark mm. price, rough price? I guess what we always say is um, around a hundred pounds, but that could change. Um, that's not shocking. I mean, that, that's like, that's, that's actually okay. Yeah. Um, in this kind of space. A hundred pounds is, or thereabouts, is not. I didn't fall <laughs> off my chair, basically. You know, if you just said more than that, yeah. yeah but it's it's still, as as Christian said, it's still a bit early. Um, as we're still at, at the moment, the prototypes are, um, you know, retail value would be more than a hundred pounds. But um, you mm-hmm. know, it's still a bit early for us to tell. Uh, we are, you know, if it includes, if it includes, uh, you know, we've we've had actually conversations with with um for instance london cycling campaign when these are ready you know maybe we could run a few run a few of them on riders for you know two full weeks of london and then see what kind of data we get see that that type of project would take more you know analysis time and a bit more data crunching and things like that um so yeah at the moment we're not quite sure yet but um hoping for around that price range Let's let's talk some tech because if there's any camera geeks um, on here who you know will will base all of their purchasing decisions on oh well it's not 4K it's not it's not 1080 it's not this it's not that it's not this why is it only looping for this amount of times so tell me about the actual tech what what is the camera on board how good is it how long you know does it loop for give me all the the the, the, the really nerdy stuff over to you Crispin. <laughs> Um, so so the camera born is actually an hd camera Um, we've got a wide angle lens uh, which we're actually iterated to after a couple of uh, weeks of testing with uh, pedal and post when uh, they were capturing tons and tons of incidents but had to gather more evidence uh, of close passes Um, so we actually calibrated the wide angle lens uh, for that particular use case um, so the, the, there's internal storage on board. Um, there is 128 gigabytes. So we can actually record for about three days straight uh, of constant eight-hour shift usage. Um, the device itself has a battery life between five to eight hours. Um, so enough for a shift uh, mm-hmm. because you, you're not cycling all the time when you're courier. Um, but it depends on you know whether you turn the camera on full brightness, um, or you're doing all sorts of uh, harsh riding um, in uh, hot sunlight. Um, but our cameras can cope. You know, They've been out in the streets of Oxford in daylight, rain, uh, sunshine, <laughs> hail, you name it. 
Um, Any stabilization on board, digital or? No, we, we tried to keep the hardware as simple as possible. Um, so we went back to the fundamentals. So the stabilization is really about uh, reducing mechanical vibration, uh, get it as tight to the frame as we can. Um, because what we see on the market is lots of cameras using very flimsy mounts, which induces mm. a lot of vibration. Mm. Um, and that means you have to use electronic stabilization, which is kind of a plaster um, on a, a fundamental problem. Um, our footage is, is good. Um, we can capture number plates. Uh, we can see the road details quite clearly. Um, and most importantly, we can see the incidents um, second by second uh, and see everything that's going on during an incident. And you said before, I think it was Liz actually was saying that you can you could put it on behind as well. Is that is the same unit or you're talking about a different a different iteration? Yeah, it's the same unit. So we've got universal mounts um, for the front of the bike, back of the bike, um, and even the stem mount on uh, some of the cargo bikes. Um, it's a really flexible system. You can clip it on, clip it off. Uh, there's a locking mechanism. Uh, but then wouldn't the lights be white on the back or do you have like a, a filter goes across? Yeah, so we're, we're working on that at the moment. Um, uh, for the trials, we... Uh, just have the camera running uh, when it's on the back, but the plan is to have some kind of filter system uh, to cover the lens. So we have a red light on the back and a white light in the front. Hmm. And then I asked you before about the price, but I don't think we actually got uh, an answer on maybe what the when is. So when when might you potentially go to Kickstarter? Um, I think... Well, we have a mailing list. Um, so if you sign up, you get all the latest updates. Um, we're running lots of projects at the moment to de-risk uh, our development. But I think the answer is soon, not too soon, but soon. Um, Carlton, yeah, like right now, <clears throat> our main focus is actually to develop capabilities to automatically identify and analyze the near misses. So, um, you know, bringing some machine learning into and applying that to the footage that we captured. So um, we're working with a lot of councils right now in terms of actually developing this part of the software. Um, so when this part of the software is ready and we've proven it, then I think we will go back and focus on um, the actual yeah, manufacturing of the hardware product. And that's when you know Kickstarter and everything will kick in. But um, at the moment, yeah, we're trying to make it so that uh, councils have a tool to be able to, you know, what, what they have, what they see right now is um, cycling data, but sometimes just like they know where some of the dangerous areas are, but the, it's hard to connect the dot from there to then, um, you know, what caused it. And we're trying to use these, these like footage on the data points to help with that part of it. So it is, it is this bit is our first focus because until we can do that, we're, you know, we're quite focused on like, what will actually improve um, cycling and what will actually help with more um, safe cycle streets. So once we've worked out kind of this, this area, then we will go back to um, launching manufacturing and sending these out. Okay. And then an awful lot of police forces are now making it much easier for uh, well, motorists and cyclists and motorcyclists, anybody who's got uh, a, a dash cam uh, to upload their, their their footage. So is that something that you can make 
easier? Can you like lock into these systems and it's just, you know, a one button upload and what are you doing for like the, not the, the, the council side of it, but the police side of it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. We've been, um, yeah, yeah, there's like the dash cam portal where, where people can update, um, at the moment our, you know, our footage it automatically. So if you're writing and you bookmark this incident, when you get home, you can then get a link of just those two minutes before and two minutes after. So there's really no processing kind of in the middle. You just have to click that button when it happens or a little after it happens. Um, so at the moment, it's a link that they can apply to upload. But I think in the future, you know, we've, we've chatted with the, um, the TFL-funded uh, London cycle safety team as well. Um, I think it might be a bit complicated kind of linking the system just because you'd have to um, kind of link the portals. But we do have plans to make it as easy as possible if um, easier than, yeah, at the moment, a, a link that basically they could just paste onto uh, any sort of reports they mm. want to report yeah and then you're riding through oxford and it's just a, such a lovely day there not, aren't many motorists around it's like oh i really enjoyed that ride i just like to post that to social media just the whole of that ride it, you can do that as well without having a you know press that button to say that's the bit i want can you go in afterwards in other words and get just a nice ride and 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 upload it somewhere yeah absolutely we um you know, we're all about promoting the fun of cycling as well. We, we don't like to promote kind of the aggression on the road that people might have with um, each other. It's, it's not always about the incidents, about sharing yeah, the joys of cycling. So you can, um, so yeah, you can still press that button and you would just, it just wouldn't be tracked as, it wouldn't be captured as an incident. It would just be something you can then click share and share the link to social media. Um, we, we see that. Yeah, we see that all the time. People, mm. especially with our team members, you know, they like to they they like to share their their coolest ride or you know the most pleasant ride that they have. Um, yeah. And what about um, overlays on on the video? You know, like the the location, date, or all that kind of stuff. Now, I know it's behind the scenes in the EXIF file, but do you have any plans for toggling on and off? You know, data uh, uh, above. Toggling data above, um, potentially. Um, I mean, it's part of the development roadmap, uh, but we're adding information like uh, GPS data. So we have uh, tracking of the location of the bookmark, uh, bookmark instance. Um, so you can refer it back to a map and see exactly where the instance happened. Um, but in our uh, future prototypes, we have accelerometers and gyro data. So you can really see um, what's going on on the bike uh, in terms of swerving, acceleration, uh, heading, direction change and stuff. Um, but, I mean, this camera is tailored for safety first and foremost. Um, it's really about making the entire process for making safe cycling easier um, and better. So, Yeah, but with, with yeah, that being said as well, like the users can choose to share this information or, or not. Um, mm, yeah. And with, with the, you could talk us through this, uh, this blog posting on Oxford. So, so clearly a bunch of couriers, uh, yes, they're expert cyclists, but they are also going to be going into pretty much the same locations all the time. And it, it's going to be, you know, city center locations mainly. Um, 
Uh, so it will be different to when eventually consumers get get their, their hands on this. Um, but what what have the what what are the kind of the things that have, have, have really been highlighted to you from the Oxford uh, Pedal and Post data? What what is what is what are, looking at this map and all of these different uh, incidents that have happened? What's your takeaway from them? Um, I think I think there there were a few. Um, one thing was it, it seemed quite straightforward to pinpoint, you know, the key problematic areas. And, you know, as you might predict, a lot of um, common incidents like illegally parked cars, for instance, that were captured um, or, or cars in, um, in kind of like a, a lane that they're not supposed to be were in city centers because that tends to be where, you know, there are parking issues. And um, so some of those quite... Uh, straightforward initial findings, um, and then we also we also see specific roads that uh, near misses happen the most often, and these tend to be roads that you know again don't have cycle lanes. But I, I think what kind of this map gives extra is to be able to click through to the video and just because you could say you could see a point that says near miss on this road, and um, that will give you that information, but you know, what this map adds is that then you can click through and watch what actually happened. And then you could see that, wow, okay, that happened because um, this road tends to be, for instance, very empty at this time of day. So uh, people tend to drive by very, very quickly without being aware of cyclists. Um, so so little kind of extra details like that could be added through through these video, viewing the actual footage. Um those are kind of like, yeah. And, and has it been tested anywhere else apart from Oxford in in in, in this kind of um, depth? Um, I think we're planning. Yeah, so you know we have something launching in Jersey in a month, uh, actually less than a month. Um, so so that would be interesting to see, especially since where um, we are less familiar with kind of Jersey cycling infrastructure, which would be exciting to. Yeah, have a look at what kind of footage we capture there. Um, you know, we have internal trials that we've ran throughout London, and you know, being, you know, us being like living in London, um, those are always more uh, interesting to watch because, yeah, it's interesting to see exactly which road um, you kind of sympathize with, have with the same issues uh, that that you run into when you know I'm on my daily commute, for instance. Um, and then we, uh, yeah, we're potentially launching in uh, Edinburgh as well next year. There's a courier company that we're working with, but we kind of need to, yeah, we kind of um, are rushing to keep up with uh, the courier companies that are interested in working with us. So um, hopefully that can be early next year, something we'll be able to see as well. And where did palation come from? There's obviously some peloton going on there, but t- t- tell me more about the the word. We're, we're absolutely not related to peloton. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, we've yeah. been getting that a lot. So you know, we're, we might we might go through. We're kind of having conversations of undergoing a potential rebrand, but um, yeah, Crispin. Yeah, yeah. So palation, the word um, has it, it really embodies the the 
values that we hold, um, which is we want people to have fun when they cycle and really see cycling as an everyday uh, tool or a means to get around everywhere. Um, so when you get on a bike, we want people to feel happy and elated. And that's why elation came along. It's about... Okay, elation. Okay, okay, okay. Get it. Got it. Okay. All right. And then the Peloton, not Peloton as in the, mm-hmm. the company Peloton, but just the word Peloton. And, and so it's Peloton and elation together. Am I am I in the right area now? Yeah. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Pedal and elation. Not so much. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Okay. So pedal elation. Yeah, see, I'm coming that from a, from a pro cycling point of view. Um, so Rebo, where does Rebo come from? Rebo was actually um, something, a Tony. code name that we had during development. Um, it was never intended to kind of, for it to be the actual product name. Um, but yeah, it just kind of stuck and everyone on the team really liked it. Um, uh, yeah, there's no specific meaning to the word. It just sounded good. We, we started using it. So that, that kind of wall E, you know, Pixar, Disney type aesthetic, is that, is that the, is that likely to be the finished product or are you still going to go through some iterations on, on how it looks? I think there, there'll be uh, market testing and we want to get more feedback from people. Um, but we, we like the initial approach. Uh, we like the friendly, uh, kind of kids friendly as well, uh, style of the product. Um, using eyes as the focal point of our design. Um, yeah, let's see. I think more. And is it, sorry, is it, is it, are the lights, are they street legal lights? Are they, could you use this as your only lighting setup from yeah yeah absolutely i mean that's why we designed the light into the uh, device is that we don't want people having a light and a camera and a, uh, everything else on board extra battery or whatever mm. um it's all in one you just put it on and it's ready to go for your ride front light camera done yeah the one feedback we get from cyclists is generally just that there are already too many things to put on your bike which I'm guessing you can mm-hmm. sympathize as a fellow cyclist. Um, so it com- combining them all into one. Yeah, you need to have a bell on there. Mm-hmm. You're going to have to put a GPS, you know, a Strava <laughs> uh, unit on there. And what else can you put on? We're also doing more <laughs> testing because we are aware that as a breed, cyclists are very picky about, many cyclists are very picky about what put, what they put on their bike bikes. So, um there needs to be, yeah, so we, we need to do a bit more, you know, kind of uh, customer testing. But in general, um, you know, it's small, it's portable, and you uh, install the mount on, so it just slides in and out. So it's a very easy, seamless process. And do you have to have, in, in the finished product, will you always have to have um, the button that you press for marking an incident? Is that always going to be separate to the, the actual light camera unit? Does it have to be separate? At the moment, um, it's separate because the unit can be applied to both the front and the back of um, the bike. So you can use the same unit. You can get two. You can get one for the front, one for the back. But um, yes, at the moment, it's separate. But it's, it, the button is small. It, um, it goes on, snaps onto the handlebar really easily. Um, and it's Bluetooth? Yeah. Bluetooth, yeah. Hmm. 
Okay. And then let's do a dragon's den here. So is this is this something that you can you can make a living at? Can you can you have you have you like looked at the size of the the handlebar dash cam bicycle camera light market and you can see a niche where you can get into there and you can you can make a business from this. So sell do me give me the elevator pitch of of how you're going to make uh yourself into a company. Yeah. Um yeah, so we, I guess on top of, God, we haven't have gone through those numbers for a long time, but on top of the growing growing kind of cycle accessory market with with um, the amount of cyclists in cities, uh, you know, growing at a very fast pace and the cycle accessory market being a big one, um, we are we are big on looking at the infrastructure market. So this, it's, we're kind of focused on kind of the data cell of this product. Um, eventually, uh, you know, this is information on cycling that um, is uh, currently unavailable. So anything that has to do with infrastructures, councils, um, up to, you know, c- c- yeah, city planning and even up to autonomous vehicle, you know, they're, they're, the AV industry is growing, but they're having trouble identifying cyclists. They find cycl- cy- cyclists to be the most unpredictable um, object on the road. So, um you, you know, these are all, these can all feed, this information can all feed into, you know, this is just initial thinking, of course. Um, this can all feed into kind of that market. So, um, yeah, it is, it is kind of, I, I don't have the numbers on me right now, but yeah, it is, it is kind of a couple different areas. The couriers are just a small um, kind of our beachhead market. They want to protect their riders. They want safety for their riders. Um, eventually, maybe, Perhaps these companies employing, you know, like Deliveroo, we see Uber Eats, they're running into issues on the street when their riders get into an incident. Um, it, it's a big kind of liability for them. So their job is to think, okay, what's the best way to protect our riders um, before they ride and after if something happens to them? Um, and then yeah. on top of that, yeah, individual cyclists um, and then kind of the whole infrastructure planning side of things. You're going to say something there, Crispian? Are you going to no, no, I'm going to say, um, you know, with uh, um, a lot of local deliveries, last mile deliveries, uh, especially with uh, vans clogging up uh, inner cities, uh, we're seeing a lot more uh, startup cycle logistics company popping up. Uh, for example, in the, the Edinburgh company, uh, they just popped up a couple months ago. Um, and it's really filling the space up. Um, and there's a lot of drive in, in the government as well, uh, in especially the high level strategy to push forward more uh, low carbon, uh, so micro last mile transport uh, delivery logistics uh, networks um, to consolidate all the deliveries and also make uh, delivery trips more efficient as well. Um, so we definitely see a potential there. Um, and also with the infrastructure planning side, uh, there's a lot of push for, as you know, emergency active travel funding. Um, and that's why we're getting a lot of interest from councils, governments, um, to really see how we can do a data-driven approach to uh, planning infrastructure. Because there hasn't been a data-driven uh, planning approach to solving, especially like near misses. Um, it's been using... Uh, very raw, very um, uh, uh, unrefined data, like collision data, which really don't show um, the problem before the serious incidents happen. 
for example, like instance, you can have uh, a couple hundred of uh, actual collisions in the space, but you can have tens of thousands of near misses. Um, and I think lots of uh, councils are saying that they're, they're uh, seeing the missing data um, that they're not using in their business cases when they put forward these funding proposals. Um, they're not seeing the near misses um, that are part of the whole planning process to uh, see where the issues are and where they need to put the fixes in to get more people cycling um, using a data-driven approach. Great. Lovely. Uh, tell me now, or tell tell the, tell the listeners of, uh, well, there's a bit on your, your website that says join our movement. So where, where can people uh, sign up to join your movement, uh, Liz? Um, yes. So palation.co.uk slash sign dash up. Um, so if you just go to our website, click join our movement, um, basically. And what are people going to, what are they signing up for then? They're, they're signing up for an announcement of when you're going to be launching your Kickstarter. Yes, um, as well as just, you know, kind of what we've been up to. We're always looking for more beta users to test our product. Um, we like to build uh, a product that's um, not just, you know, built by us, but by a community of cyclists. Um, and we have a lot of uh, kind of users we're in regular, regularly in contact with. We love uh, feedback from cyclists and we like to hear, you know, everyone's new ideas. So um, if you're interested in what we're working on, to sign up on our website. And social media? What, what are you doing in social media yeah, space? You can find us on Twitter at Palatian Tech. And you can find us on Instagram at Palatian Tech as well. Um, we regularly uh, we regularly kind of update these two platforms, but also on you know LinkedIn and Facebook as well if you want to um, chat with us. We're always, you know, Crispy and I are the founders. We have a small team. We're always keen to chat with anyone that, you know, is into cameras or like likes to talk about bikes or likes to talk about, you know, have um, <laughs> campaigners that want to tell us, you know, what their biggest issues are when, you know, when looking at uh, kind of campaigning in the space or um, just anyone kind of in there. We're always up to have a chat. Um, so, yeah, get in touch. <laughs> Thank you to Crispian Poon and Liz Yu for talking through their pedalling elation project. This has been the last episode of the Spokesman Cycling Podcast for 2020. We've been getting you at least two episodes a month for some time now, and I don't see that changing for 2021. Have a safe and hopefully COVID-free new year, and we'll kick off again in January. Uh, thanks for listening and thanks for sharing about the Spokesman Cycling Podcast on social media. Show notes, including full transcripts, can be found at the-spokesmen.com. Meanwhile, get out there and ride. <laughs>